is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right. Big win for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We pretty much gave them no hope going into the PPG Paints Arena. Sammy gave us the career numbers. And he gave do? us the most negative prediction of Sam's career about the Leafs. I said 5-2 win. You said 5-2 Pittsburgh. Yes. Oh, right. right, right. <laughs> did you not get 5-1? I or said 4-1 win. I had a three-goal win. I had an overtime for the Leafs, but at least we're, we're smarter. We, we had a, two Leaf wins in this studio. You know, I, I think if we cover our bases with the three of us uh, every show, we come off looking okay. As always... Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Jen, and... Uh, Jen Rolnick, I, I screwed it up. She's not here today. She's on vacation. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I use the Flip same... The I'm not going to read this thing anymore. No, I use the same template every day, and I forgot. Sorry, so who us. do we have back there? We have Danielle back here. Danielle? Yeah. Hi, Danielle. Hi. Big shout out to Danielle. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's my bad. You're bad. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still reeling from... Uh, one of my favorite Jays getting dealt for relief arms. Tay Oscar going to Seattle. Yeah. That's 30-plus home runs out of the lineup. Yeah, and it makes sense fiscally. You know, they weren't probably going to resign. Oh, is there a salary cap? Um, no. <laughs> I know. But it just hurts because I, he's a glue guy. He's like everybody loves him. Not a lot I of know. bad people have a bad thing to say about him. Hits big home runs. Beloved Blue Jay. It reminds Be- me of Edwin's departure. Beloved. Yeah. But, hey. You need relief arms, as we saw in the playoffs, and we saw in that game where they blew an 8-1 lead. Does this guy throw hard at least? I know you've been begging for someone who throws hard. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's average. He throws 94. Who doesn't? Pretty good uh, relief appearance for the Toronto Maple Leafs. John (laughs) Tavares Mm -hmm. getting the offense going early in the first period. He becomes, what, the fifth uh, Leaf player in history to score 400 uh, career goals in a Leaf uniform. Should I ask Sammy, uh, even though he wrote this, if he remembers the, the names on it? Don't look down. Guess. I know. Yeah. Well, I, right. I literally wrote it. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, judging by your lineup, I, I would assume that you've forgotten already. <laughs> I did. A, I thought it was a pretty good lineup today. It is. Until it is. I screwed up the name at the top. Matt Sundin. Mm-hmm. Alex McGillney. Norm Allman. Dave Anderchuk. And now your current Captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, John Tavares, joins a pretty elite group. And Michael Bunting also made a little history, I think, with the the earliest and the latest goal in a period. Or is it just the third period? I don't know. It's that to me is one of those random stats. I'm like, this I, is stupid. I, yeah, like I appreciate what? it being in this there, but I'm like, okay, stats. like it's not like a talent. It's just I think it's pretty interesting. It's a- <laughs> that he is the third player in Leaf history to score in the opening minute and final minute of the third period. No, of a period. Of a period. Yeah, yeah. a period. Per, a to score period. that quick into a period and then score that late and in the same And if someone period. else did over the course of their 100 years, how would you know? Do you care more about this or the <laughs> NHL's Iron Man streak, Kipper? Yesterday you were dismissive of that. Too. <laughs> how would you know? Because they you know? keep stats. Oh, <laughs> stop it. They're... Most of those guys in the 60s and 70s were drunk when they were watching. Oh. Speaking of baseball, it's like a okay. uh, left-handed pitcher uh, on the road in cold conditions, throw, throwing 80 miles per Here's hour. a clipboard and a piece of paper. You want to chart this? And you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. 
<laughs> okay. All right. We all believe those uh, those. You know, you're killing stats. Sammy for a good lineup today. <laughs> oh, it's a good lineup. It's a good lineup. And you sure? Matt Murray gets his first win in a Maple Leaf uniform. That's a good thing, too. Outside of that, maybe a few, a few concerns here and there every once in a while. But you want to get uh, you want to get Sheldon's thoughts of uh, his overall view Big of the picture. game, and then we'll we'll share ours. Here's right. head coach Sheldon Keefe. It's a good road game for us here. You know, um, really good first period. I thought all the areas that we addressed that we wanted to be better at defend in terms of how we defend uh, versus what we did in last time we saw these guys the guys executed that very well in the first period scored two big goals and uh, got off to a great start to the period you know it's could have been four nothing there for us and then they turn around and one goes in off a leg and uh, it's it's three one changes the game but uh, mermaid some saves we survived that a little bit there and and just kept playing from there so pretty solid effort for our guys all the way around that's hard to argue uh i mean lately we've heard a very positive uh glass half full guy in the last week nothing's really changed off of that well he's used all his bullets wasn't that the conversation it's time for him to lay back a little bit the boys are winning i thought the most worthy part of that whole spiel was just they kept playing you know i think you see in vancouver once the game start to slip away from that team they get up two goals they panic and they kind of stop playing and just hang, try to hang on the leafs kept playing they kept playing they went and got the next one instead of just waiting for the game to come to them we're talking about the first 20 well after the after pittsburgh tied the game up and they pittsburgh had a pretty good they second sit back in the second i thought a little bit you absolutely yeah it was a wild second but period. once it felt like it was getting away from them they didn't just quit yeah yeah, a lot going on that second. I, I was really impressed with the first period, though, just to uh, reiterate uh, Sheldon's comments that uh, they came out with purpose. I, I look at uh, a guy like Tavares and really led the charge. Uh, I, I thought he had a, an excellent first period, particularly the Marner goal where I've had a little bit of an issue with the Leafs with this dump and chase. Like, that was a... That was a sequence that of a passing play mm-hmm. that I don't think we've seen enough where probably um, on a few occasions, including John this season, where he would have just dumped the puck in and gone and tried to get it himself. I loved the fact that he pulled up. I, f- I like the fact that he found a trailer in Morgan Riley and then he was able to move it off to uh, Mitch Marner. But let the record show you're in favor of the puck possession I, I, and not the dumping. I have not seen enough of 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 that type of passing sequence mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, fair. I, they you know they haven't been as good entering the zone. I would agree, and that is a nice play. You know, one thing. So I wrote an article today um, about net front presence in today's NHL, and one of the things that stuck out to me that the Leafs have done lately in the last few games is have someone there. And I think Marner deserves a ton of credit on that goal. He's behind the net. The puck goes up top. He goes to the to the net front and 2D, even for a minute, go, well, you got to take care of that guy. So he pulls two guys to him. All of a sudden, Tavares has an ocean of room. By the way, I can't believe Tavares didn't give it back to Ben. Ben's jumped around okay. his guy. We'll, we'll get, <laughs> but anyway. We'll to, get into Ben. Don't worry. But Mitch Marner, you know, draws guys to him there. And all of a sudden, a, a teammate has room. And to me, that's what's been lacking in the Leafs' offense this year is someone going to that spot. Michael Bunting scoring goals again. Well, what's he? where has he been? 
you know, he's right there on Engvall's goal. He's right there on the Holmberg goal. You know, he's in that spot and they're scoring goals. That, to me, is what the Leafs need more of. Well, eventually, it doesn't take our rocket scientists to figure out that that's where the puck has to end Go up. Go stand near the right? net. It's coming. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's eventually going to get there. The point of the game <laughs> yeah. is for the puck to end up that in that area. has to go there. What so. would you say <laughs> you do here? You should be there. Yes. So. Um, a few different places we can go. Uh, should we so just... Can we dive in on Tavares a little bit? Sure. Yeah, Mitch talked well, about him, right? And... and, and it's funny because we talked about this a little bit on the on Leafs talk last night with uh, JD and I. But Tavares, I think there's something with him and the Penguins, and he played against them for a lot of years with the Isles, and he seemed right from the start of that game to be really, really engaged. And I think probably not a lot. A lot of guys probably measure themselves against Sid, and like when they play against Sid, they kind of they up their game a little bit. But to me, with Tavares, there seems to be something there. He mentioned scoring against the Islanders, uh, scoring against the, the Penguins in his interview in the intermission. He mentioned Sid by name in the intermission. There's just something to me that he kind of gets really motivated playing against the Penguins. What's the age difference there? Five years or something? Sid's 36, John's 32. Is it that much? I don't know if Sid's quite 36. No, am I high on that? Yeah, you might be high on that. Sid Thir- is 35. Yeah. All right. We're both right. Sure, he appreciates me t- shaving a year <laughs> yeah, off. He's like, thanks a lot. Yeah, but he's there's something to that. Sid, so I know, but I don't know. Everybody, every centerman in the in in the league in the world would measure themselves up against that guy. How about that backhand by Sid? Eh, yeah. is anyone better? Like at pinpoint putting pace on a backhand yeah. like that? Whoop. Not to uh, not to bring this down by any stretch, but I will. Like. <laughs> what, what what happened to Sandine here? Oh. Sandine, not too long ago, was deemed the better of him, of, of him and Lilligren. Right. And Close. And Lilligren the- has just passed him right by. It's not even a contest for me anymore. No. Who would you rather have in the lineup, Lilligren or Sandine right now? What is going on with this guy? Is It can't be just missing training camp I think, or half of it when I did he come think, back yeah i don't think it's the physical part of it i think it's when you publicly say to people you admit that you think you're really good right when you hold out and you say you want more money and more opportunity you have said to everyone i think i'm really good so you're no longer the like plucky young prospect coming up who everything he does is gravy you've made a bold statement and i think it's tough to play in the wake of boldly proclaiming i think i'm worth a lot uh, I, I, which he didn't end up getting a penny more. So that ended up, I guess, holding true that he was not worth a penny more. No. And I I've did some dives. I was going to write about Sandine. So I went through a lot of the stats and stuff. He's not just not getting better. He's considerably worse in every area. So this is his fourth season. Yeah. And almost really? all of his... I know. He played in four NHL seasons. For yeah. This? Good Lord. All of his puck moving numbers, all of his stuff, it, it, it is not as good as it has yeah. been in previous seasons. It's I, worse. I will come to his defense just a little bit here because it's not the first time I've seen a defenseman on the Toronto Maple Leafs looking for this pass, this stretch pass that uh, – 
hasn't turned sour on a number of them during mm-hmm. this season. But is it is it the instruction that he's getting to go look for a pass that's not there? Like I've tried on three times to freeze my screen last night. See where it's going? To see wh- who, where was he going? And I couldn't find it. Yeah. If you if you if you asked me for a hundred dollars, guess where he was going? I couldn't do it. Yeah. So where is that? Where's the line between you just being a dumbass and <laughs> this is what how they want me to play? Well, don't you, that's, that's I'm glad question. you brought that up because it's not just the flub. It's the intent of the original pass before the right. flop. If that worked out, what was it going and to be? You look at you have one of the legitimately one of the greatest players of all time bearing in on you. You know, like, you can, you're allowed to use the glass. You're allowed to well, use the boards and get the puck out. But maybe that's not the play that he's being instructed to. Like if I'm sending, I want to go back to Sheldon or anyone else who's questioning me on that play, and and, and say. You tell me where my outlet is. Mm-hmm. You tell me where there's a, a, a high-risk option, one that's in the middle, and my safe out. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't see a safe out there. I, 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 I didn't see anybody out there that, that can tell me that, hey, I'm here for you. I, I'm right there to help you. Yeah. So the, the craziest part on the line is he's out there with Aston Reese, Camp, and Mulgan. Mulgan's coming back to this side. So he's trying to stretch to either Camp or Aston Reese. Like, well, it's one of those guys. It's not like he's trying to hit Neil. So there's Aston Reese right here. So he's looking for a stretch to, to Camp. Anyway. We, we've, we've been through this for. I don't want to kill Sandine uh, when they had uh, a good night. Uh, uh, you know, a month and a half. No, no. It's, it's, it's a. It's a pl- Let me tell you something. Yeah. Okay. Mid-November, nobody really cares. That play yeah. is the one that may be the difference between you getting home ice advantage mm-hmm. or getting a better seed in the playoffs, or that's a play that knocks you out in the first round. Or it's a play that makes you go, "What do we have?" It may, you know, it's making us talk about not just that play, but Sandine's season to date. And I'm sure it makes the front office go, "What do we got here in this guy?" Like, we thought we had a guy who was going to step in, fill a spot, be, you know, could be top four. If we don't have anything, we got to do something. Does it affect plans? I also think he probably knows how important of a stretch this is for him. He's got lots of opportunity well, to be in the well, lineup. I mean, the general manager addressed the media for the first time during the season. What, was that on Monday that he did that? Being like, yeah, we want to see what we have here while TJ Brody is out and while Muzzin's out. And, like, this is a big opportunity for him, and he's probably probably feeling that. That's a natural thing. You know, you it's fair, get the contract. Fair like, is there's, that, there's something to that or not? Uh, yeah. I think they so. have no options, guys. There's no depth behind him. Well, once Brody comes back, he's probably uh, the odd man out, no? Oh, he was runaway their worst D last night by expected goals. Runaway their worst. Anyway, I, I will remind you that, you know, three weeks ago you were substitu- substituting Sandine for Hall, by the way. <laughs> we are having conversations with Hall on this. For sure. And and Hall has it sorted, do you think? Been better? I don't know. Where are we in a month from now? <laughs> right? But th- there are no options. There's he, he gets thrown back out there because there's nobody else. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue in itself, and it's just not a leaf issue. I think we can look down 
dozen teams right now that you could you can go okay what what choice do you have and that's that's the cap hell that you're in Mm -hmm. i just you know disappointed because we've seen him be a better player than this and the hope was that he would take a step from where he has been uh as opposed to a step back so now you're just hoping he finds where he was let alone the piece after that that you were hoping for should we talk about the goalie the goalie the goalie he's not as fun to watch in post game as Peter Mrazek. Oh. No, as Jack. <laughs> yeah. Jack comes in with a smile. <laughs> he just. But if he can get the job done, I don't think anybody cares. Matt right? Murray looks like a guy who is in the pub after working in the coal mines for sixteen hours and just cleaned the soot off his face to get a mug of ale. He just looks weathered, beaten, <laughs> defeated. Can I ask you guys? Are you guys rule book guys? I don't even know how to answer well, that. <laughs> well, no, his, no, we is, we don't like rules. We go against gear, the rules. Anti rules. Is his gear legal? He has a lot of it. He has the most gear. Like his <laughs> so shoulder pad, like, he, he feels uh, like a turtle. Garth Snow. It's, I know, but it's it feels we, like it's but they worse than that. Garth Snow. Isn't it? Who is it? Corey Hirsch was. Who is it in charge of that? Kay Whitmore for the league. Oh yeah. Where's like, Where's Kay? You can barely see his head. Like it's like <laughs> up to his ears. Up to his ears and equipment. It's insane how big his shoulder pads Good are. night for the snowman. I would, I would imagine they, they, there's somebody. Well, there, there's got to sure. be a league representative that uh, that's constantly on that now. Yeah. Was it Barry Melrose that be- called the the illegal stick thing? They're gonna have to. Somebody's some coach is gonna be a hero and call the illegal uh, the illegal Come out with gear. a measuring tape yeah. mid game. <laughs> Bring out a ruler. If uh, if by chance uh, he's forced to change his equipment in the next week, you're. I'm You're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah we fault. should not you have are. highlighted that. Yeah, it is my fault. As super fan. Sorry, sorry. That's not a good thing. All right, let's go to Sheldon Keefe and his thoughts on uh, on his goaltender. Well, what stood out to me is just watching, you know, especially in the third period, uh, their power play especially really came to mind where they had some really good looks and some opportunities that were really close to the bench and you got a really good view of the sidelines of the puck and there's times where... We look pretty vulnerable, uh, and they've got some really good shooters with, with good shooting lanes, and it doesn't look like Matt can see the puck, but he's able to find it and track it really well and, and makes the save. Uh, I thought he was just really solid and calm, and when our team, especially when our team played really well in front of him, anytime there was any sort of activity or action around the net, it uh, didn't look like it was coming close to, to going in, so I thought he just... Did his job for us, kept them at two, and uh, gave our group confidence through that flurry. Now they want him to be the man so badly. They do. And if you want him to be the man so badly, what do you do after the post game when he gets a win, makes 35 saves? You say all the right stuff like that. Like he looked calm, he looked confident, he gave us what we needed. Yeah, great, great return for Matt Murray. Uh, yesterday I said to you guys that, like, <laughs> is there going to be a 20 grand game stretch where he's at 920 and plays, you know, 14 times? And people shared that clip with, like, frozen takes, you know, old takes exposed and all that sort of stuff. Like, guys, give Murray some time here before we declare victory on Matt Murray coming back. But it was a great start and good to see for the Leafs. Yeah, all right. that, that was my thoughts, too. Like, I had a couple people tweet me, like, hey, maybe your thoughts on Murray are starting to come around. I'm like, can we just maybe see two in a row? <laughs> How about two games in a row? We do have another Keith clip on Matt Murray yeah. being impressed. Should we do them yeah. both? Let's do them both. Well, listen, I mean, Matt had an outstanding preseason for us and was trending really well. You know, he played one game in Montreal in which our team was terrible in front of him. 
and then he gets hurt. So he hasn't had much of an opportunity to go here, but I've been impressed with Matt you know, since the day he arrives in our facilities. So for, for him to be back healthy and, and get a chance to play uh, and to get a win here for him, uh, and you know, obviously he plays a huge role in it, that's great to see. But I think our goaltending has been, been pretty strong all the way through the season. You know, um, When our team defense has been good in front of them, those guys have always given us a chance to win every night, and that continued today with Matt, and we're certainly happy with our with our depth there for sure. Well, maybe you're, you're, you're in February and March, and the more you look back at what a guy like Shalgren has done as a third stringer, probably will be even more appreciated mm-hmm. than, than it would be like right now. Yeah. Like it, it is... It is a major story so far in this season that they've been able to kind of get through it. 100% it is. If you, if I were to tell you at the start of the season, I say, uh, you know, how how many games would they be in right now? 17, 18? Say 18 games in, and it'd be two for Matt Murray, five from Shalgren, and the rest from Samsonov. What do you think their yeah. team's save percentage is league-wide? They're top 10. They're 10th in the NHL in team save percentage. So that's a, a great start for a rickety God. Seeming group. God, goalies are bad now. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> I don't know pretty, if that's the conclusion. They do get hurt a lot. Well, you've watched all the Leafs games. Like, I've, has that showed up? No, I think top, he's onto something. Top 10 goalies are bad now. Well, they're not bad. They're just. We got a goalie coming on. I can't wait not, to tell him you guys said that. I tell him. They've, they've, uh, the bar's been lowered on the level of importance. Hmm. Mm, what now? Yeah. No. I, I don't, it didn't sound right when it came up. <laughs> yeah, I'll try that again. Teams are finding other ways to win besides having great goaltending. Okay. How's that? I can have that. I can, I can abide by that. <laughs> I, I, I also think that the dependence, you know, it used to be you have the best guys in the world and they played 60 times. Now you're sharing games between, you know, instead of like 30 goalies, we're seeing 60 goalies and the goaltending's gotten a little worse. You're seeing the worst goalie more often than you used to. So I think team, you know, league-wide save percentage coming down a bit makes a little bit of sense. A lot more backups. Guys are getting hurt way more than ever. We're seeing just way more goaltenders, period. I don't know why. But to me, let me ask you this then, Borny. You've watched every single Leaf game this year. I have. You've watched the goaltenders that have played. Uh Uh-huh. Does that show top 10 unit to you? No. So that's what I mean. That's what I'm getting at here. I'm not talking, it's just eye test-wise, it's crazy to me that they're in the top 10. I think it's because we're also aware of who the goalies are and you're nervous all the time every time there's a shot. <laughs> that could be part of the feeling, yeah. too. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's just not stressed enough, too, that the Leafs do a pretty good job in terms of a high rate of oh, scoring yeah. chances against them. They don't them. give up a ton. They don't give up a ton. And if... Matt or Shelgren feel like I've got the shooter and you've got my back, you've got the off post, you've got the trailer, whatever the case is. Trust. If if I know that, then I have a much different feel on how aggressive I can be. And I, I think that's that's been consistent with their goaltending mm-hmm. from Samsonov to to Shelgren to, you know, whenever Murray's been in there, right from training camp. But uh, you gotta give, uh, gotta give them credit for at least having a consistent look for all their goalies. Yeah, and boy, you sure have a motivated group of goalies, don't you? 
Like oh, yeah. Matt Murray's trying to rejuvenate his career. Uh, Samsonov's trying to get a, a contract. Shalgan's trying to break into the league. Like these guys every night are, you're getting a genuine effort from the group. So it could also be that Matt Murray looks like Arthur Shelby and everyone's intimidated. He's <laughs> 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 got a dart to the mask, <laughs> whiskey in the bottle. And the, so let God, me ask I love you that show. Great show. You need subtitles. I don't understand. The, the <laughs> um, so, uh, By order of the Peaky Blinders. Well, uh, I can't believe there wasn't a swear there. I thought it was coming for does sure. Does he have that, the, the outfit too, the hat? Does he really come I think across? he does. He's fully a Peaky Blinders extra. So who is the Leafs' worst defensive forward? Because it feels like all their forwards are really good defensively. And, they, and that's one of the reasons that their team defense, that they can kind of paper over their seemingly thin... Yeah, I don't think you a can, challenging uh, question. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's easier. Uh, it's, when he's gone, it's, he's gone, right? <laughs> I, I don't vote? think right now it's as easy as asking the question to, uh, on, on defense, that's no. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can... But you get what I'm getting at here is that they're a responsible defensive group, and that's maybe the reason. That's a that fascinating deco- question. Yeah, me and Bunk talked about it last night. I didn't want to do too many Leaf Talk takes, but I wanted to get that one to you because I thought it was really interesting. have any bad defensive forwards. But they they kind of have a lot of the guys that are somewhat the same or interchangeable. Yeah, so sure. that's kind of part of the blueprint. Do we want to hear Matt Murray's thrilling con- his thoughts on his win? They're thrilling. Let's be thrilled by Matt Murray. Yeah, I wanted to get off to, to a good start coming off the injury. And, um, you know, I think the guys, you, you could tell that the guys were, were playing extremely hard in front of me tonight. Um, a lot of big plays by our D. Penalty kill was great. Um, like, I, like I said, that's just a great road win for us and uh, one that we're really going to enjoy and build off of and, and move forward. Thrilling. Yeah. By order from the Peaky Blinders. Till New Jersey comes in with their 10-game winning streak and – Jack Hughes, they're on a heater, boys. Thousand miles an hour. <laughs> I can't wait. So maybe quickly before I move on, do we got to have the, the Penguins conversation? Being not good? Yeah, Sid was minus four last night, by the way. <gasps> when was the last time he was minus four? Was he really? Four? Dash four. That would, would have been dash five without Sandine's pizza. I was going to say, Gen- yeah, he Gensel scored. was minus five. <gasps> I think. He was. And rest... Probably dash four, too. That's a tough night for that line. Sid was asked by someone after the game about urgency, and he was just like, yeah. You know, we have so many problems. The lack isn't like, you know, he tried not to be dismissive, but like urgency, no. He was the opposite of Jack Hughes saying, we're on a nine game here. We're on a really yeah. bad heater right now. <laughs> they were doing okay. Oh, oh. so bad. And I mean, Malkin was took a couple penalties here last Friday, mm-hmm. uh, but still see why he can, I don't know, dominate a game, but be a really good player for them still. Uh, but the level of consistency that he brings now at probably age 36, 37. Yeah, you get one every three nights or yeah, something. Yeah, it's kind of, you, you, you could see it last night. Mm-hmm. Tough to bring it all the time. Yeah, I, and I don't know what you do because, as you mentioned, the other show, like, they just signed yeah. the deals to the older guys. And then, like, Latang. Latang is every, every, standing by bunting as he shoots you, it in the net. You, you, you watch you watch him in his own zone. And then, like you said, like... You, yeah, there's a reason he doesn't have you, five Norrises. He's you're right there. always been a lead offensive, yeah. He's right there. Right. 
Yeah, so they got their hands full. Our boy Brian Burke, wish him luck with that. That is some tough decisions ahead for them. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys straight up. Take all the time you need. <laughs> tough question here. Who's got the better Ben, the Leafs or Dallas? <laughs> Ooh. You know, tough call. Based on contracts, I might take Jamie. Or sorry, Jordy. <laughs> might take Jordy. Yeah, he's already given like two games way better than we ever thought. Like we had his perceived ceiling and he's had two games above it. So anything from now on is just gravy. I, I believe so too. Yeah. If you get anything more than two good games, we're laughing. But yeah, he's been I mean, I don't want to say perfect, but you don't expect him to take over for Jake Muzzin. No, but it's Leafs Nation. I can see people talking themselves into it. He has a beard. He does defense. (laughs) (laughs) He can play uh, 18, 20 minutes a night. I can't remember the last time Jake Muzzin was on a two-on-one shorthanded and almost buried. You mentioned Leaf Nation, and first impressions are so strong so huge with this mark i don't know if it's like though i don't oh then these two games will carry him till february march bingo for sure oh he could be a dog for so long but now right him being the way he's been and seemingly he will hit somebody he's scored he almost maybe don't go backhand five hole jamie ben <laughs> just grab that <laughs> and just fire shoot the <laughs> like, on the two I thought on he one gone back to yeah, Kerfoot, actually. yeah but oh so you wanted him to be fancier yeah yeah it, it, is, it is fun Seeing, uh, and everybody talks about uh, Matt Murray going through what he did in Ottawa and his his confidence and his belief of himself never wavered, mm-hmm. right? It's like... Which is impressive. Me, it's you. I'd have been it's, crying. It's, it's, it's you. It's not me. It's yeah. you, right? <laughs> we've all been... We've all had that conversation <laughs> sure. with someone. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not me. Yeah. Not me. It's you. It's you. And... You watch Jordan Ben, and you're like, okay, that that takes some some big cojones right now mm-hmm. to say that you know you want to resurrect your career in Toronto. The first thing that you're thinking about is I'm gonna just play it safe here. Mm-hmm. This guy's like gone. I know he's gone. Like the first goal last night, yeah. And you had mentioned it where it's dishing, like jump by. I'm dishing, and it's like, hey, JT, you're you're. You're looking me off right now? Are you kidding me? Do you know I'm Jordan Ben? I wonder if that's not Jordy Ben if Tavares gives it to him. Because he, he beats his winger clean like the D-man's coming out at JT. He could have slipped it to him. Where are you going, uh, you're Jordy? Right. Jordy and might want to. Casey DeSmith was also in the corner. And then that he had a chance to shoot it in the wide open net. And, Credit then, and then the 180-foot the, the uh, down the ice two-on-one. I know. And to your point about... Or Sam's point about just grabbing it and shooting it like a stay-at-home D-man. No, no, no. We're going to go backhand 5 Jack Hughes style. No soup. Anyway, yeah, he's been great. Let's hear what uh, Sheldon Keith thinks about Jordy Ben so far. Yeah, I think the personality is the big one, you know. Um, not It's not often you can add, you know, like a, a depth defenseman like that to come in and when you have injuries and step right in and, and, and bring life to your room and to your bench. Uh, that's part of you know who he is, and that's 
big part of you know his career and allows him to just step into situation despite having not played a lot this season with his injury that he had to go through he went down and played some time with the Marlies but you know hasn't been around our group a lot yet he's just he steps right in he's comfortable he's confident to play as much as you need him to uh, so he's been giving us really good minutes and uh, it was a very important ad for us in the offseason okay when did the league transition to um, signing guys for contracts because they're good players and signing guys to contracts who have great personalities. Like, I should still be in the league right now. <laughs> yeah, take a clue. My, Maybe you shouldn't. Based on my Everyone personality. Else's opinion. <laughs> when, when did personality become now really? Just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Part of what you offered was good room guy. Right? That's always been a thing. And think about it. Oh, like, when it's Vic- like, But it's like listening to him going... God, you know what? We we really this is a bonus right now. We just thought we were getting a, a great guy, guy in the room and great personality and yeah. like to all our surprise, look what he's doing on the ice. It's funny the clip I sent you guys the other night of Shalgren giving him the belt after his first game. He's like, "Let's go get some cocktails." And the boys like, "Yeah." It's like he's like the Irish car bomb guy, like everyone just likes to hang out with him after. Yeah. But, you know, the think about like Philip Crawl going in, Philippe Crawl is his no, his first name, no, or Mete or Dahlstrom or if any of those guys get called up, it's like you sit in your stall and you hope you don't step on anyone's toes and you hope you play well. But like to have someone who comes in and is like, look you in the eye and BS and like, you know, like, like I, there's value, don't you think, in having a personality like Ben, even if he's not better. It's like, yeah, put me, on the, put me on the top pair. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll perform. I'll shoot a couple in the neck. I got 600 NHL games. Let's go. He does, by the way. 597. So, hey, it's great. It's a long season. Not sure personality is going to help you in a game seven. In the first round. <laughs> smile the puck away from the opposition. <laughs> Last time I checked, Joe Thornton had some good personality. Ooh. No doubt. Yeah. Actually, so, Mitch Marner weighed in on Ben, too. Do you want to hear Mitchie on Yeah, on absolutely. Ben? All right. What's intimidating about the look is the beard? Benny? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you want to fight him? <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a whole look. He's, he's got that uh, lumberjack look that if you mess around with, he's... Uh, sure he takes a lot of people down so um he lives in dallas too he's not afraid to do some crazy stuff so uh, <laughs> it's not a guy that i would want to go one-on-one with in a corner in a fight so um we're lucky to have him he's been a great uh, addition here the last couple of games and um just came in and brought a great presence with mel that's amazing this season's been saved by a third string goalie and jordy ben <laughs> Mitch well, is trying not to say that he lives in Texas, so he might have a gun, <laughs> by the way. It's on his mind 100%. I went through all the audio today, cutting all these clips or whatever, and every single guy that got interviewed got asked about Jordy Ben, yeah. and Jordy Ben spoke. You got to just be hammering him on the plane. But Jordy, yeah. no, like, who you, are you? Oh, Bobby my God. Here. Everybody. <laughs> every yeah. single guy's getting asked questions about him. Milk it. But oh, like 10 Jordy games by. in Toronto like this probably does more for your post career than 100%. 10 season in Dallas. Yeah, no doubt. What are you saying? He's going to end up on Sportsnet? <laughs> he might very well could. He might very well could. We're looking. He might. Um, so Buncey was okay. Buncey boy. You know, we. we, we we talked a great length on Michael Bunting uh, yesterday, and sure enough, I mean, best game of the year. What did he come in with? Uh, Six ten points. games. Ten games without a goal. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Is it that long? Yeah, wow. it was a long time. Ooh. So, don't believe that he can end up with 
another 60 points, but somewhere in between, you know, a, a slow start and mm-hmm. that, uh, he should be able to fit in. That's, that's big for him. I feel like, you know, getting the season rolling, because you do worry about stats and you do worry about your contract and just feeling like you're making some progress. I, I feel like that's that was good, but also the way he got it, I mentioned off the top of the show, he was in the dirty areas, he's in the crease. You know, the, the, the things that he did that got him on the line, on the first line in the first place, I'm seeing from him, or I saw from him in that game. So, great. That's progress. I just, I respect the hell out of the fact that he went to the media and said, I need to do this. I haven't been doing this. This is what I got to get back to doing. And literally six hours later, he went out and did all those things and had a three-point game. Like, I, I give yeah. him credit for that. You know, we're hard on him sometimes with the way flip-flopping around, and sometimes it's not my favorite yeah, way guy to watch. hard on him. Well, I, I, I think am, we personally, just I'm hard on him. are managing the expectations of him. I think that's fair as well. We're tough on him because we He's, care. But I do, I just, I, I respect that. Like, to yeah. say what you're going to do and then literally go out and do it and perform and be one of the best players on the team. Although, sure. although How many the, times you go to the course and go, I'm going to shoot 72 today, and then you're 13 never, over on the never. seventh hole. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to shoot 87 today, and then I'll shoot <laughs> now 82 like, and be happy. What do I need to shoot that? <laughs> I need six my, pars to triple, break 90. With my triple bogey <laughs> on one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's listen to Sheldon Keefe talk about uh, Michael Bunting's performance. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was Bunt's best game uh, this season today. Just... In terms of how he held on to pucks, how he battled, competed, the goals, of course, are, are really great. But those are the ones that generally will come when he plays uh, like he did tonight. Um, it was really good. I, I thought all four lines gave us really good moments here today. It was good to see Bunce come through, obviously. But Mitch and John, you know, they got uh, two big goals for us in the first period. Got us going in the game. And I thought we got really good efforts you know, throughout the lineup. Yeah, great. We got uh, a couple of minutes to go here, uh, but just want to get your thoughts here. Uh, not going to oh make a big deal out of this, Team but okay. Austin's still not Austin. Okay. Uh, am I, you guys seeing anything different here when we're now closing in on 20 games of the season mm-hmm. and I've yet to see that dominant MVP biggest goal scoring threat on the planet Austin Matthews yeah i mean including what we saw last night right. two two helpers nice but Austin that we saw last year has have have we seen any of it at any point during the season for you to say okay he's He's coming or he's back. Well, it's not that I've seen none of it, but yeah, I we definitely haven't seen as much. He's at, I think, 17 points 17, in 17 games. Yeah, seven goals. You know, Okay, so, forget the point. I don't care about the points. I'm yeah. talking eye test. Well, I'm no, talking. but I mean, the points back it up too that he's not been there statistically. You're right. Uh, to me, the biggest difference is I remember watching him at the start of last year, getting the puck in his own end and lugging it through the, the neutral zone and being like, and, oh, and, and two, he's flying. And, and two guys on his back. Yeah. Like, I just felt like he skated better. He skated more last year. And I there there haven't been as many moments where he's flying up the rink. Because yeah. I remember in his younger days in the NHL, his youngest days, 
I never thought he was a great skater. I thought he's fine. Big guy got around okay. Last year, I was like, man, he Power. moves. Power. Yeah. And this year, there's less moments where I feel like he's moving his feet and, and humming at the same pace. All right. Yeah. So my comment's fair. I think so. I got to ask you guys a question. How many goals do you think he had through 17 games last year? Uh, he didn't score for nine games to start the year or something. Probably seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. No one's saying yeah. he can't crazy. go score 50 That's times crazy. in the next 50 games. I would have said but he I had guarantee 15. You, yeah. I guarantee you he, he looked more like himself, though. Or Do you remember the Rangers game you and I went to? He was the best player on planet Earth. I mean, like, he was... There's some nights, like even when he didn't score early last year, where you're like, oh, my God, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. He's just not there yet. That's yeah. all. For sure. No no argument there. The You know, in general, the point production from the top guys is not where it was last year. So they... Their best players haven't looked very good. They don't have their best defenseman. They've had their third string goalie in net, and they're still second place in their division. They get good goaltending. Their right. team D has been good. Uh, right? To me, we're all talking about firing the coach. I mean, pretty pretty darn good job, if you ask me. Uh, Keeping the thing afloat. Trotsy uh, talked about firing the coach, not us. Yeah, that's right. Throw him an extension right now. <laughs> if it's my money, I do. I absolutely would. Okay, we're going to take a break. We got Mike McKenna to kind of break down Matt Murray's uh, game last night. And uh, we'll also take a, a skip around the league, get his thoughts on uh, even Jack Campbell. How's mm-hmm. that? Sounds fun. All right. Take a quick break here. Thanks for coming on board here on the Real Kipper and Born Show. And we'll see you after the break. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. As our boy Sammy works on getting... Mike McKenna in. Mike's been on the show plenty of times. As good as anybody out there that talks about uh, goaltending in the National Hockey League for very good reason. He's yep. played in the NHL, AHL, CECHL, USHL, KHL, WHL, WHL. I don't know. I've run out of leagues. <laughs> I, think, I think he played in Luxembourg at one point. Are we missing anything? <laughs> if you're bringing me on right now, I'm here. I'm in shell shock because I'm not here to play Wheel of Fortune. I'm here to talk about hockey. I, I, I've been in every league with every letter out there. I love it. You, you, you know what? That, I actually never. You bring yeah, that world experience. I never played inside of North America. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Hey, doing pretty good. Got some snow flurries in St. Louis, Missouri. So it feels very appropriate to be talking hockey. Okay. We're, we're going to get into uh, Matt Murray last night for sure. But uh, JB and I have been talking at the beginning of the show. And uh, uh, is the bar lower for goaltenders right now overall? Less expectations. I don't think the bar's really lower uh, because people still expect the world of their goaltenders, but I think there's kind of become a reality that now there isn't that same two to three goalies that seem like they're so far above everybody else in the league. You know, I mean, even last year, you'd look and you'd say, oh, Shosturkin, man, and Vasilevsky, these are the two best goalies on earth. Well, 
you know, look at their numbers this year. They're kind of mid-pack or pedestrian in some ways. And I think it's just across the board, goaltending's become so optimized that unless you're getting really bad goaltending, you're not noticing it quite as much, I think. But it's just kind of, we're at this stage where the water's kind of murky. You know, you may have a goalie that's really good for a stretch, and then you lose him for a bit, and you wonder, what's wrong with this guy? Why can't we get him back? And then the guy's back for several games. So um, I'm not sure that the bar's lower, but I do think that the players are starting to outpace the goaltenders in terms of their skill set. I think the players are starting to get the advantage again. Do you want to add to that? Because I do, I do as well. Okay, I was just going to ask if you think that, you know, the overall decline in save percentage is just because starters play less. Like we used to see the best 30 guys play 60 times. Now you're seeing the best 60 guys play 40 times each. Is Could that be part of the reason you see a decline in save percentage? Uh, you know, I'd actually go the other direction on that. Because okay. if you got a guy who plays 35 or 40 games, that gives them a chance to have a really crazy high save percentage because they haven't had it even out over the course of the season. The more games you play, it tends to bring the save percentage down or up conversely, right? It always meets in that kind of like big bell curve of life in the middle of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I would actually argue that um, by goalies playing, you know, a little bit less, it may actually intensify save percentages and bring them up like we saw with Shostyurkin last year. Um, but I, I really believe it though, that goaltending has become so optimized that realistically, there's not a lot of room for growth in the position. The goalies are all six, four. Now they all kind of play the same way. And I think the skill of the players is what is now increasing at a pace that's gone past what goaltending has in recent years. Yeah. And you bring up an interesting point that they, they all play the same and if that's the case, then maybe that's one of the reasons why they're so interchangeable. And I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm guessing that if, uh, if the average over like 10 or 15 or 20 years would be for, uh, for the league to see 90 different goalies a year, the number's probably closer to like 120, 130 now. Mm-hmm. And is it because, yeah. is it because Mike, they, they all play the same and it's like, okay, let's just get another guy that uh, is square to the puck and, you know, does all this and they're, they all look the same. Like we're not finding any Dominic Koshiks who are rolling on their backs and, you know, spread mm-hmm. Eagles, uh, you know, on, on your back. Um, is, is that, is that fair to say that a third string goalie can look a lot closer to a starting goalie than he ever has in the past? Well, I think you're spied on with it, Kipper. I mean, you're at the point now where goalies in an organization, you go one through five, and there's not necessarily a huge amount of difference there. It's really just who can be consistent at the NHL level. And I've said this for a while, that you can pull a goalie straight out of the ECHL, or you can pull a goalie right out of major junior or college, and they could play one great game in the NHL, but can they do it consistently? So that's really what separates goaltenders, I think, at the top end. But in terms of the mechanics themselves, Every goalie can do a butterfly slide. Every goalie can use their posts now for integrations. Every goalie is trying to track the puck in the same way. It's just because we figured out what works best. It's who can execute it and who can do it within the parameters of their own body. So um, that's part of it. But what we've also talked about too, that technical side, it's also really hard on the goaltender's body. The wear and tear is at a level we haven't seen before. Um, The body's doing a lot of really unnatural things, and that's led to a lot of injuries in the past several years. Which is concerning because the Leafs have a guy who gets injured fairly often. But he played last night. Uh, he played very well in Matt Murray. I don't know. Did you get the ch- chance to watch him last night, Mike? 
I did. What yeah. Were your impressions? Yeah, no, it was a good game for Murray. Yeah. Well, I thought he won the game for the Leafs in the second period. Um, you know, the first was pretty pretty sleepy. You know, I mean, he had a breakaway chance from Zucker that Zucker misses the net on. and But then in the second, um, I thought he was pretty big on a penalty kill, coming up on a big save on Crosby with, uh, by the way, what's up with Rasmus Sandin right now? <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen some we're, of these turnovers, man. Special, terrible. We're doing a special two-hour show uh, after this <laughs> on finishes. Sandin. On just Sandin. <laughs> Oh, the poor guy. Like, I've seen several of these pizzas up the middle right on Crosby's blade of anybody you want to put it on. Um, and he ends up going the other way and scoring, right? So, uh, I mean, a backhander from the slot with a guy on him like that, I, I don't take any big exception to it for Murray. Um, and the first period, I mean, the deflection off for hell. Murray's a little bit over-rotated, but I don't think he's going to make that save anyway with the puck deflecting a couple feet in front of him. Um, what I really was impressed with, though, was coming off injury for Murray was that he had some really explosive movements in the second period, especially in the penalty kill. You know, where he goes down to his knees, he has to rotate and push and go to his post, and it didn't look like there was any hesitation in his game in terms of a willingness to go after pucks when you're coming back from a lower body injury. That's not always easy. Um, and I thought the two saves that really turned the game for them, you made that breakaway save on Latang, like eight minutes or so left in the second period. And that was 3-2 game at that point in favor of the Leafs. And then not long after that, he makes another save on Archibald from the dot. That was kind of a close in two-on-one. I thought those two made the difference in the game. I also thought Pittsburgh wasn't very smart about their shots. I mean, mm-hmm. Murray had to make two glove saves all night. So the shot selection from Pittsburgh wasn't great for anybody that wasn't named Sidney Crosby. What are the chances that stats don't have goaltending, don't have Matt Murray right? Because they're clearly the stats have not been good for years for Murray, but the Leafs have watched him and said, we know he has experience. We know how he can look sometimes. Is it possible to play a couple of years where you get bad bounces? It just doesn't go your way and your numbers look worse than the actual goaltender you are because it seems to be the bet the Leafs have made here. Well, we run into this at tryouts all the time where you look at a goal and you go, man, this guy should be really good. And then the game happens and it just doesn't get the saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's kind of Matt Murray. Like he's a great goalie school goalie. You know, his mechanics all look good. He looks big in the net for the most part until play starts to get close to him. And he starts to widen out and kind of get small. Um, I think, though, when you really see the better part of three seasons worth for Murray, he hasn't played that great, man. And this year, though, is – how can we judge yet? We can't. What I saw last night, you know, there's still things that concern me. I, I don't like how low and wide he gets. He tends to get locked into that. I don't think his hands are necessarily as active as they need to be in today's game. And I think that's the big challenge point for him is to kind of free himself up again as goaltenders have had to do in the last couple of years as the skill level has increased. So if you look at Murray in the situation, I mean, is he better than Eric Schalgren? I, I would have to think he is. Uh, is he better than Sam Sonov? That's a big question mark because Samsonov has played some great hockey for the Leafs this year. And if they do get both of Murray and Samsonov back, you have to hope it's a healthy competition at some point because you want to see the best from both of them. And then that was the feeling, uh, Mike, at the beginning of the season, I think, for a lot of people. And I went the other way and I just said, listen, this is this thing's set up. And, and you can still hear Sheldon's comments day to day talking about Matt Murray and He's just got mm-hmm. him on a pedestal right now. And they, 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 they're pushing so hard for this guy to be the guy for no other reason because he's done it and he's been there before. And I think that the team is in dire need of having that presence in the room that other than Jake Muzzin, they don't have. They don't have a Stanley Cup champion in there. And 
it's almost as if it, it kind of trumpets everything above the things that you're talking about with his game, mm -hmm. that they're just willing to bank on this guy because for the simple reason he's been there and he's done it before. Can you overvalue that uh, in this situation? I think it's possible, uh, but I think it does lead to a team giving him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you go back to the Sue Greyhounds. This is OHL stuff with Dubas and Keith and, and Murray. Like, it, it's it's not surprising. But, I mean, Kipper, you know what it's like to be in a room with a goaltender that's done this before. Like, if you step on the ice with a Grant Fuhrer, uh, which I know you have across the ice. I remember that well yeah. as a kid. Thank you. He was with the St. Louis Blues. But, uh, yeah, I know. I, I just hate to mention that. But, uh, but, but really, though, when you have somebody in the locker room like that, that's been there and done it, you trust them and you, you value what they've been through, but your play has to back it up. And that's the hard part is it's been several years now for Murray. And I think that going into the season, yeah, he absolutely had the reins, but now as well as Samsonov had played, I really think that this is going to turn out to be a competition because man, I don't trust, I don't trust any of these goalies to stay healthy either. And that's the elephant in the room. It may just turn into who's available come playoff time. Oh, Eric Schalgren's going to be, um, are you ready to move on from Murray? If I yeah, ask a question, about, okay. Yep. So, uh, there was a guy who played here in the past named Jack Campbell. Not sure if you've heard of him, Mike, but, um, he garnered some headlines and he no longer plays here. He's having quite the time in Edmonton. I know you wrote about him. Uh, things have been, boy, what a tumultuous start for him in, in Edmonton. What are you seeing out of Jack Campbell in Edmonton trying to get it back on track there? Yeah. Jack's struggling. Yeah. Uh, there's no other way to say it. And I feel for him. I really, really like this guy. I hope he gets it back together. Um, but there's several problem areas with this game right now from his alignment. He's, he's having a hard time staying square on initial shots. And even when the puck moves, when he rotates, he's, he's not getting all the way there. His legs will get square, but not his upper body. It's leaving open space. He's not patient at all. And guys, you watched him last year. For me, when Jack Campbell's at his best, it's when he stays on his edges as long as he can. And he lets the play come to him. And right now he's dropping early um, and his body language is just terrible. I mean, every goal looks painful and I don't think that's given the Edmonton teammates any confidence either. Um, and, and you can just see it. He's, he's struggling and his gear's not helping him. He had, he had a puck go through his glove against the Dallas stars. Colin Miller teed went up and right through his glove. And, I tell you what, man, if you, if you use soft gear, outdated gear, technologically relic gear, you're, you're not helping yourself. So there's things that Campbell can address. I would never bet against this guy because he's reinvented himself two, three, four times before. Um, but it's going to take the work and get some work to get there, especially when it comes to the alignment and the patience aspect. We're talking to Mike McKenna, daily face-off hockey analyst. Uh, mechanically, uh, absolutely, you guys on a day-to-day -day basis could, could work on those things. As far as what's between the ears, have you ever, and I'm with you, when, when you watch him uh, let some of those goals in, it's hard to watch as a fan. I can only imagine uh, as a teammate or, or even Jack himself what, what that feels like going through that. Have you ever experienced that yourself or had a, a, uh, a teammate experience that? And, and what do you do here? Yeah, I had it happen to me in playoffs one year, and I never got a chance to play again. I sat on the bench, so I had to wait a whole summer before I ended up getting another opportunity to do so. Um, but, you know, I also had a time where I just had pucks going in. I didn't think I was playing bad. I didn't think my my body language was particularly awful or anything, but 
it was a year I spent in the Dallas Stars organization. And I did, and my first two months, my season, it, I looked like I had a credit card for statistics. And I took a conversation with Ty Conklin, an old NHL goalie, and Ty just told me, you need to go out there and not give, a, give an F, okay? And I went, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, you need to go out there and not care, Mike. You're caring too much. And I don't know what it was, man, but it was like he slapped me across my face because everything changed after that. And I was able to just kind of let everything go and just play and try to have fun. Uh, and somehow that mentality changed for me. I don't know if that'll work for Jack, but that was the advice I got from Ty Conklin. And that guy saved my career twice. There's another time I can tell you about at some point, but uh, I think that's really what it is. That mindset is it's, it's not life or death out there, man. It's a game. You still have to be able to enjoy it. I would never, uh, never tell Jack, you know, to do anything or be anything that you're not, but is there a sense in the goaltending union that as bad as it gets for you or as bad as you feel that you shouldn't wear your emotions on your sleeve or mention them in a post-game comment? Um, that like the way I've been planned. And it goes back to that old theory, don't ever let them see you sweat. Or I think it's, there's the real truth good? to that. Is, or is the honesty okay yeah. for Jack? Well, you know, you run that fine line between being overly oversharing and being honest because you don't have to lie. Um, but you also need to present some strength to your teammates. I mean, it reminds me earlier this year when Vancouver was going through their major struggles, which they still are, but you know, Bo Horvat stood up there and said, man, it feels like we're never going to win again. I don't know what we're doing. And I'm just, just like, no, don't say that. You're not projecting strength for your team. And, and I think that's kind of the same thing that, that Campbell does sometimes. And I don't think it helps, you know, yes, he's being honest with himself. And I think there's a fine line. You can shoulder plenty of blame. I'd always blame myself after games in the press. I'd, you know, but you can do it by saying, you know, we just needed one or two more saves tonight and you don't have to go on and on about it and you can shoulder it, but you don't want that to be a recurring theme and you got to show some strength and show that you believe in yourself. So I think there's a real balance to it. Um, it's not easy and it's different for everybody. But, yeah, I, I think Jack's just so hard on himself that it just perpetuates in his own mind and sometimes within the media. Mike, I don't know the exact years of your career. I don't have them in front of me. But I imagine you saw an evolution of net front play over the course of the career. your career. I, I know that when I played, um, it was a huge part. Just park it there and battle and whatever. And, and I think we see less of that these days um, than we did a while back. Uh, we were talking about net front play and just want to get your take on a goaltender, how battles in front affect your play. One of the things that Sheldon Keefe had credited Matt Murray with the last game was seeing through screens and all that. How does it affect a goaltender, mm -hmm. whether there's battles in front of the net and not? Yeah. And it's a good question because it does really relate to Jack Campbell as well. That's one of the areas identi I've identified that he struggled with is, and, and listen, I don't like to blame goaltenders for screen goals against. Because if you can't see it, you can't stop it is what we'd say. But that's not really true. It's the goalie's job to find a window, to find lanes, to see these pucks coming through. And that technique has changed. And I think a lot of it, like we're seeing a lot more moving screens now than we used to where players would just plant in front of the net. Well, you can see around that pretty easy. What's hard was when Dustin Brown started to stand in front of goalies until, and he told Drew Doughty to shoot the puck at him and then he'd get out of the way. 
that's changed things. Mm -hmm. And now you're getting flybys in front. And so like goalies have to have better peripheral vision than ever and see things coming. You have to see the whole field. You can't just be staring at the puck. You need to look at everything. It's like in the movie, the legend of Bagger Vance and Bagger Vance tells Arjuna that he has to see the field. Well, if you guys watch the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. You've got to be able to see more than just the puck. And that's a big challenge. And that's why I think goaltenders today, some of them have started to be very upright in their stance when the puck is far away because they're trying to look over shoulders as opposed to around goaltenders or around the players in front of them. We're seeing some, some pretty good goaltending efforts. Uh, you know, uh, Boston, Allmark, uh, when Swayman went down, uh, has been really good. Uh, as far as one that may surprise you in terms of uh, a tough start, would I be safe to suggest Demko in Vancouver? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm surprised just because he's been able to rise above everything that's happened there in the last couple of years and being a poor defensive team. He's been the saving grace for that club in a lot of ways. And that's not happening this year. And it looks like it's just caught up to him at this point. The one that's really surprised me, though, is Freddie Anderson uh, down in Carolina. Like, if you look at his advanced numbers, they're really not great right now. Um, and, and I don't think that he's playing at the level that I've seen before, even though that team is still chugging right along, no problem. I, I kind of have some worries there. You know, I mean, Ranta, I expect to be hurt at some point this year, and Freddie hasn't been himself. So, um, those are two that catch my eye. Demko, yeah, for sure. He's right in that mix. Um, but the rest of the group, there's not really many surprises. I thought John Gibson would be at the bottom. I thought Quick would be at the bottom. You know, I, I, I wasn't too surprised by many of these. Um, and here we are. So it's the opposite, though, has been good because, man, we get stories like Hart and, and Ottinger and Vemelka who have performed really well for teams that we may not have expected. Well, one more. Leafs play uh, New Jersey. Uh, is that bubble going to burst for New Jersey or in Vanacek going to come down to earth a little bit here? Yeah, I, I think that that's the one area that makes me nervous about Jersey. Aside from like, they don't have a whole ton of size. Like miles Wood can't do everything himself, but um, you know, Vanacek I've always thought was a good goaltender. He was a good goaltender in the American hockey league, not dominant. He's been a good goaltender in the NHL. He's never been able to grab a number one role before. And when Jersey starts to play against top teams or when you get to playoffs, what version of Vanacek are you going to get? Because I'm going to assume Blackwood's not going to be there. Or is it going to be a Kira Schmid by the end of the year? I don't know. But I, I do have concerns there because, like I say, Vanacek to me, he will make you saves. He's probably not going to make crazy saves. And he's going to give you okay goaltending, but is okay enough. And right now the Devils, they only need okay goaltending. If they start to play against really top teams night in, night out, they're going to need better than okay goaltending, I think. So um, I'm, I'm definitely a little concerned with that area, but we'll have to see. Maybe Vanacek's finally taking that step towards being a great goaltender. Hey, Mike, really appreciate your time always on our show. Great stuff on the goaltenders. Thanks, man. You got it. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Mike. Mike McKenna. Really, really insightful. Yeah, and he thinks that down the stretch, you're going to see Matt Murray and Samsonov battling it out. Yeah. And, you know, talking about how the wear and tear of today's quick hockey, uh, how hard it is on goaltenders' bodies and what Murray's been through, it feels like that means Samsonov has a lot of pressure on him because he may likely be the guy here, barring some sort of change. I'm assuming Matt Murray at some point 
like, uh, you know, as Mike was saying, we'll run into some issues again at some point. Yeah, that's where you got to, I don't know, if you try to get ahead of it or you're too, then you end up being too cautious or conservative and you go somewhere out. else and he's awesome. Well, no, not that he goes somewhere else, that you, you, you miss out on uh, building mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and you hate to bet against a guy because of injuries and say, well, he might get injured or he's likely to get injured, but it, it is a thing with guys. Once you're typically injured, particularly for goaltenders, it's hard to just become healthy. So excuse my skepticism once again. Uh, Careful. Right back here. What Careful. We, <laughs> what do you make of your New York Islanders in Sorokin? He's the best goalie on earth. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, he I the mean, new Shesterkin? I mean, he is among that sort of class of guys. He's that good. And they built their team around that, around trusting their D and keeping the pucks out of their own net. They got veteran older guys, and he's exactly what the doctor orders for that team. Hellebuck, too, eh? That's Look at what he's doing in Winnipeg all of a sudden. So funny, eh? Like, Vancouver's close to firing their coach. They're 87 save percentage, .87, whatever. Last in the league, weird. You know, best in the league, Winnipeg and Boston. Oh, well, look at those two teams. You know, you get goaltending or you don't, and it can have a huge effect on everything else. All right. Speaking of goaltenders, we've got one. My only professional hat trick came against this, our next guest after the break. Did you know that? I, are we having Patrick Wan? <laughs> <laughs> you have scored against Patrick Wan, though, right? I have in the Montreal form. High glove. Slap shot, slap shot from the blue line. Beautiful. That's... Not a lot of people can say that. No. Yeah. I don't think there's video proof, so Are- you would know if I'm full of crap or not. I'm going to do some digging. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The man I speak of, Jim Ralph, radio color analyst for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll get his thoughts on where the Leafs are now and what his thoughts are on the impact of a Jordy Ben. All right. That and more, you're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. More Leafs, more Raptors, more Blue Jays. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Pretty sure my first shot on Jim Ralph in the Hershey Arena was high glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was low stick, and then the third one was a deke between the legs. It's like a good pitcher. You just you throw, mix in the heat with the off-speed pitches. Oh, I don't know if that was on the air or not, but it sounds like we have phone issues. We just get to talk about it for a long time. Um, tell me more about this hat trick. <laughs> well, I don't want to now that he's not listening. Yeah. Now you're just randomly bragging. Yeah. Exactly. I'm way too humble for that. Do you remember it very well? Uh, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah I do. It's like, come on. I know. You're not in the NHL, but you're in a very respected league. Yeah. The American Hockey League. Been I have around an ECHL forever. hat trick. I still, yeah, I can picture it all. So... And you know, once upon a time when you're scoring 60 goals in junior hockey, there's a few hat tricks there that you yeah. don't remember. But <laughs> yeah. one at the pro level at at any time, yeah, yeah you're going to remember those. 
Yeah. Do we got him or we don't? Because I want to pick up a, a little bit of a conversation. I'm just His connection was a little funny. I'm calling him back. Okay. Um, and I don't know if we're going to have time for this, but uh, you know, I got a couple of responses, including one from you know someone I think that knows the game really well on the, uh, the conversation we had earlier about uh, uh, Leafs' worst defensive player. Oh. Oh, we got Ralphie. Oh, no. You don't leave us hanging. No, no, no. We're going to come back to it. We'll come oh, back okay. to it. I got to write that down because um, you can't. As I was saying before Sammy uh, cut the string between your cans, <laughs> my first goal on Ralphie was high glove. The second one was low stick. And the third one was between the pads. Is that the way you remember it, Ralphie? I don't remember you getting three shifts. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't think I would have been in for the third one. <laughs> oh, the memories of Hershey Park Arena, Ralphie. That's all, I, that's all we got, Kip. That's all we have. How are you, my friend? Oh, perfect. Yeah. And uh want to get your thoughts on, on last night. Um, there's just a sense that it's... It's taking the Leafs some time to kind of bring it all together. And I'm not sure if anybody would characterize last night's win with bringing it all together over 60 minutes. But some good signs that uh, for me personally that uh, I look at uh, five goals that uh, all involved Tavares, Nylander, Matthews and Marner to start. Yeah, well, what about this? I mean, they're they're nine, five and three. Uh, it's only the third game they've had where they've scored more than three goals. So the offense hasn't really clicked. Uh, the, the top two goalies have been hurt. And you're 9-5-3, and three, and they haven't played great yet. Yeah. So I, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of positives in that, that uh, you know you expect more. And, and I think there's obviously more, uh, more in the tank for them. Uh, but I think all things considered, and, and let's not forget the adversity. You lose Muzz and you lose T.J. Brody as well. So... Um, all things considered, um, you know, you'll take these wins. You'd rather them, uh, I think, you know, have been flying out of the gate rather than uh, go on the power walk and move your way up to a jog. But um, I think there's, like you said last night, Kip, there's, there's a lot of things to be encouraged about. You know, we talked about something a little bit earlier uh, that I'll get your take on, which is Austin Matthews and his season to date. 17 points, 17 games. Uh, I'll just leave it there. What are your, what are your thoughts on Matthews' play so far this year? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been immortal this year. Uh, I think that's safe to say. But I also think there's and there's two goals that I'll think of. One was the setup last night to Michael Bunting, and there was a one in overtime to Nick Robertson, which was a two-on-one as well. And I would say if Austin Matthews was more concerried about scoring and hit a 60-goal 60, 60 mark and, and you know the Maurice Richard trophy, uh, I don't think he's passing off in those situations. So... As much as the, the goal scoring isn't there yet, um, I, I love the way that it's it's about making the best play in the situation. It's not, uh, you know, sometimes you see guys that are goal scorers that uh, they start shooting from everywhere. They that they look off guys that might have a better opportunity, and Matthews hasn't done that. I think there's uh, uh, there's something about the maturity and and the team comes first and uh, making the right play instead of the selfish play that you've got to admire with them. The one thing that I, I talked about earlier in the show was uh, even uh, Tavares' uh, setup goal uh, that led to uh, Mitch Marner scoring. And, you know, as, as far as on a consistent basis, seeing 
them snap the puck around in the uh, offensive zone or through the neutral zone to come in. For me, Ralphie, at times I've watched this team and I, I, I see too much dump and chase. And maybe maybe this is the one time that, uh, you know, Tavares does pull up and then we see a, a nice sequence of passing. Just hasn't been there on a consistent basis, uh, to your point. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think Tavares is so good at, at winning battles along the boards and finding somebody open, whether it's 10 feet away or, or like we saw with Morgan Riley on the other side of the ice. So I think that's what you like from him. I mean, he's you know not going to beat a lot of guys one-on-one, but uh, he can help battle guys in the corner and, and come up with it and make a play from it. So uh, but I thought you know all four lines had their moments where uh, they handled the puck well in the offensive zone, and, and they created, didn't always get it to the net. Uh, but at least had Pittsburgh chasing a little bit and and started to, to create some dangerous situations for them. So I thought, you know, up and down the lineup, I thought uh, all 12 guys were pretty good at that. Uh, I think what we haven't seen a lot of is, um, you know, you talk about dump and chase. We haven't seen a lot off the rush uh, where the Leafs have been as, as dynamic as they have in the past. So, you know, hopefully that's something that's going to work its way into their game soon as well. The issue, when you look at the, the team and you set the standard as Stanley Cup champion, you look, go through the lineup and go, okay, where where do we have issues? Right now, the decor is somewhat of a concern. You know, from last year, you're without the physical presence of Labushkin and Muzzin is out, so it doesn't feel like an overly physical decor. Where are you on their decor as they're currently constructed, which, you know, they look pretty decent in the game like last night. Don't feel as good about it, maybe, personally, uh, heading into a playoff series. Well, when uh, remember uh, Jordy Ben had the uh, the chance shorthanded last night. Yeah, <laughs> and we said on the air, if he scores, you can trade TJ Brody tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, great analysis. That's all you need. A goal a game defenseman uh, out on a penalty penalty kill scores a shorthanded goal. So I mean, it's uh, it, I, I guess that's one of those things where you say you know it's a misfortune for somebody, it's an opportunity for somebody else because um, it's only been two games, but. Um, I, I don't know the last time I remember a defenseman having that kind of personality. Uh, you know, he's just, he just oozes, I, I don't know whether it's confidence or, or outright joy at playing the game, but there's, there's something about watching him that uh, I, I think is infectious. And it seems like he's a, a pretty popular guy in the room. And, you know, he may not be the guy you want to play 25 minutes a night or uh, somebody that you can say is replacing TJ Brody, but, Boy, for him to get the opportunity to come in, and let's face it, the way the cap issue was at the start of the year, uh, this is exactly what had to happen for, for Jordy Ben to get an opportunity. And um, you know, if, if he becomes your your six seven defenseman going forward, I, I think he might be in pretty good shape. Can we not find a team, me and you, to pay us seven fifty to a mil a year for personality? <laughs> yeah, I would have done for half a mil. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty grand. Hey, my uh, my son asked me a few years ago what I would have done. He said, Dad, what would you have done if you made $10 million a year? I told him I would have quit at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, this really is shaping up for Matt Murray just to be the guy, and I don't know what that ends up being in terms of the numbers, but and there are factors that uh, – Oh, yeah, by the way, he's got to play well and he's got to stay healthy. But it's always been that way. And you listen to Sheldon's comments and it's like, God, just take it already and just run with it. Yeah, although, you know, Samson has been pretty good too. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, you know, going back to 
if you would have said, okay, here are your scenarios, uh, Samsonov and Murray aren't going to be a concern because they're both going to be hurt. <laughs> so right. where do you go from there? And, and, you know, I thought Samsonov was great when uh, when Murray was out. Uh, you know, Shelgren held his own. I don't think he could say he stole any games, but I don't think he could say he cost him any games either. And if, if you get, you know, Murray is a, a glimpse of what we saw last night, and, and like you said, Giff if he's healthy, and, and Samsonov playing as, as well as he has in, in the stretch before he got hurt, uh, I think you're going to be okay. And I, I think the hope is that one of them uh, establishes in the self as the number one guy. And, um, you know, why wouldn't you hope it's a guy that's already won a couple of cups? Looking at this Leafs roster, you know, the whole plan is to have the big four score points, get goals, yada, yada, then kind of fill in around them. I think it's been curious this year that, you know, Matthews and Marner are not on the same tear. We mentioned Matthews at a point-per-game pace. I think Marner's on pace for 20 goals after 35 last year. But Nylander and Tavares have been a, a pleasant surprise, have they not? It feels like they've kept the big four kind of moving and being a big four at being, I know we didn't anticipate seeing that going into the year, but they've been pretty darn good, haven't they? Good. Make twenty million dollars a year. They're pretty good. They eh? should be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin. Remember, Harry Neal always had the line that the, the game is a lot more fun when you didn't know when, what, what everybody was making. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no kidding. You'd have to attach, but they, yeah, they've been good. And you know, early on, it was mostly in the power play. I think uh, you know the majority of Tavares's points up until the Philadelphia game were the the four point night. Uh, a lot of it was with the extra man, but it's. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, Matthews and Marner, even you know, Marner's went on a ten-game point streak now, and, oh. and it's been very quiet point streak because you know a lot of the assists were secondary assists. They weren't quite the, the magical Marner moments that we've become accustomed to. But it's uh, yeah, I, I think ideally, you know, if you've got the big four, that if both lines are going, you should be in great shape. But if if one line is going and the other isn't, uh, on a lot of nights, it should be enough to win a hockey game. So. Um, you know, regardless of what the combinations are, I think it's important that, you know, game in and game out, you got at least uh, two of them that are rolling. And, and hopefully when it counts, uh, you got all four that are playing at the top of their game. Do you think Bunting uh, can still find a way to score 50 or 60 points? And if not, what uh, what, what do you see his role uh, coming into after uh, 82 games? Uh, I, I still think he's a top six skipper. Either way. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, last year it was uh, it was Richie was was anointed as a top six forward, and Bunting had to move his way up. And and um, you know, even though he he started with Matthews and Marner at the start of the year, it seems like he's right back to where he was a year ago, where he's he's going to get opportunities, but uh, he's got to produce and he's got to prove himself to stay there. So I I think he's uh, I think they'll all uh, I I don't know if Matthews will hit sixty again. I don't know if uh, Marner hit 35, but I still think when it said uh, they'll all get their points. And, and Bunting, didn't they have a, f- a five or six point night against Detroit last year? You know, that, yeah. that helped those totals as well. And, and I think that's what you're going to see for him, like last night, a three point night. Um, if he stays in the top six, you're going to see him, uh, you know, start to get points in bunches. And, and whether he matches last year's goal total or point total remains to be seen. But, um, I, I still think there's there's that grit and a guy that goes to the net that, that really complements two skilled guys around. 
you know, if you go throughout this lineup and look, you know, we talked about all the positive things there up front and guys getting points and all that. The, the one thing that is a concern and we mentioned was Rasmus Sandin, bad turnover last game, but it's not just the turnover. It's just been in general waiting for him to take a step. What are you seeing out of uh, the Leafs? I, I guess you can't call him a prospect anymore, but guy they're hoping to, to get better still. Yeah, well, you know what's funny? As soon as it happened, I said to Joe, I said, I had to look it up. I said, I can't remember if it was Sandin or Lilligren that did the same thing at home to Vegas. And it was Lilligren. Remember, he had the two goals, but he had he had the exact same type of turnover. And, and Eichel ended up yeah. scoring. It was looking up ice and fanning on the uh, the clearing pass. So, I mean, and, and those mistakes, I think, are, you know, it's not like you have to tell the player. You know, he just threw a manhole cover up the middle of the ice. <laughs> the, say, hey, don't do so, that. Yeah, no, don't. Yeah. It's like a goalie gets beat from center. I don't I don't think he's going to try to explain to you what happened. I mean, you screwed up, you screwed up. But, uh, yeah, I think there's – you, you want to see a little more swagger. And, and, again, you know, maybe that's the positive that, um, you know, if Jamie Benn becomes part of your top six and uh, you get T.J. Brody back, then uh, you can sort of pick and choose with Lilligren and Sandine as to, um, you know, who's made that next step to be a regular. So when you and Bonesy are calling the game and uh, and uh, you're watching the Leafs come up through the middle of the ice or Sandine or, and uh, they go for that long stretch pass, do you talk about how exciting that pass is or do you cover the, the mic and look at Bonesy and go, oh my God, not again? Yeah, especially if you're the last man back. <laughs> that always saying the last man back, just get it out. Uh, don't carry it. Uh, just just find a way to get it off the boards and get it out, get some support back the other way. But yeah, there are there are some moments where you're saying, you know what, they they seem to be fast if that if the ten foot pass Vito forward coming out of the zone is tape to tape. And then you're coming out with speed and, and the the flow comes up and I think where they get into trouble is when uh, you know you get guys start to blow the zone and yes. then you get three D to D passes and one bank pass off behind the net and then it's turned over and, and uh, you're into a hornet's nest. So, you know, I think uh, a lot of that has to come with, uh, you know, the forwards being back. And uh, remember the Mighty Ducks movie, Ducks Fly Together? Yeah. Yes. The they, Flying I, V, my friend. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that off. I don't know why yeah. I know that. <laughs> you should. It's part of hockey lore. Hey. You have to know it by yeah. law. Hey, that New Jersey team tomorrow night's pretty fast. I think we'll see a flying V uh, on a couple occasions there. You're going to have to be quick on your call. They're fast. Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, by, the, by the time Joe's done talking, I can usually think of something to say. <laughs> Gives you some good lead time. All right, Ralph, we have a great call tomorrow night, okay? All right, Kip, Barney, thanks, bud. Thanks, Ralph. Jim Ralph, radio color analyst for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, I see he was talking about, like, kind of blowing the zone. And just prior to Ralphie coming on, we were, like, talking about which guys uh, are the worst defensive. The worst defensive forward, forward. was the discussion. And I, I had kind of, I was fixated on, like, the third and fourth line. But if, if it's opened up, I mean, that's not that hard to figure out, isn't it? I'm guessing you're going to say 88. He must lead the league in breakaways. You don't lead the league in breakaways if you if you're on the if right you, side if of you're, the clock. If you're not cheating just a tad. You know, so he did come up in my mind, but I don't think he's a bad defensive player, but he definitely is the most likely to when be on he's the wrong side of the puck. And committed. Yeah. His priority is not defending. I agree. 
when he's it's an e- it was pretty easy answer i think hey derek when he's you know oh, yeah. when he's going he's going <laughs> there it is thanks sammy when he's going he's going yeah and when he's going he's gone when he's right? going he's gone he's see you later bunting on occasion can kind of cheat a little bit too you know it's an interesting thing so sometimes i just mess around and sort all the stat things in sport logic to mm-hmm. see if anything weird comes up bunting is first in the NHL, and I'm not sure you'd call it first because I don't know if it's a good thing, but 70% of his puck touches are in the offensive zone. He almost never touches the puck in the neutral zone. He never touches the puck in the D zone. He really is only involved with the hockey puck in the offensive end of the ice. Okay, but when I hear that, I, I think that puts a strain on four other guys. Sure. In the in the neutral zone. A or fair in, connection. In, in, your, in your own zone. Yeah, they're bringing it up through the rink. He's not, yeah. he's maybe thinking about going in and getting after it or whatever he is, but he is not a part of the breakout necessarily, or he just, he just 70% of his touches are in the offensive end, which is fascinating. I wouldn't say when you sorted all the best players have, you know, are at the So top. would you say the majority of his 17 games have uh, come with Matthews and Marner? Oh, yeah. So what are those touches? I'm guessing they touch it all over the rink fairly equally. Well, they also probably spend a lot of time in the ozone, but yeah, they're not. No, the I'm talking about list. like the percentage in their own zone. I don't know. We can probably, we can find out. I might, I might need a couple of minutes. On oh, that no, 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 no. Homework, buddy. Homework. Right, homework. Homework. So that was what you got for worst defensive forward was, was Willie? That's correct. That's the correct yeah. answer. Yeah. I was thinking, what about Denny Malgan? We're going to give him a pass? He's fine. Malgan's... <sighs> what do we think Malgan's going to be okay, here? Because he's a pretty good I, hockey player. I got to say... <laughs> I might be walking takes, back some Malgan takes. What would you say? You do here. He does I regret. Listen, if they can just... Play in the offensive zone and come up with a couple of uh, goals here and there. The only thing, boys, it's going to get two seasons here. The, I know. The, it's going to get The thicker. regular season and then the physical season. Yeah. And he's, he's I don't peppy, know. I, he is. No, no. Much more than I ever saw in the past. Yeah. In the last two two weeks. It gets from you. The lag of the juice. It would have so. <laughs> started for me and uh, just Maybe the game before Carolina, where Carolina was was that the Boston is kind of coming out party on mm-hmm. uh, I can I can I can use my body too in this game because yeah. he can bump guys off he can he just gets on pucks quickly just yeah good jump yeah so yeah I'm I'm not uh, so is that 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 sets him up for a fairly consistent fourth line appearance it just makes that line and something maybe, that it. I am shocked that I'm saying this, but it, it does help that line be something else other than just D specialists who just want to play in the D zone. He's been noticeable on a lot. 75% of his shifts for the last five games. Working his bag off. He's he just, working his bag he's off. He's flying around. He's got the puck on his stick a lot. I think a lot of it comes down to him needing to have the puck on his stick on that line. Because he's line, playing with two guys that don't. don't. They just don't. Yeah. I gotta look at this percentage. God love Camp and I guess Aston Reese. Where are you on Camp? Is he love Camp? Is he is he having as good of a season as he did last year? I think he is yes. legitimately having the exact same season. <laughs> he has been the exact same guy to me. Yeah. And I I just it's valuable to have a guy that you can throw out. Like what are his zone starts? Consistent. Oh, D zone. Ninety five percent of the rink in the D zone. And he usually a lot of the time it ends up in the offensive yeah. zone, which is very right very way. valuable. I, and you love think, him at one and a half. You yes. start paying him three and a half. And yeah, like, see, but he, uh, he, he, this kind of goes to what I was about to say. 
sometimes he's out there and I think he's playing like he's wants to get his numbers up and maybe got a little bit of the bunting going thinking about his next contract. Think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, and I can't blame him. I no, mean, it's it's a, it's a natural like? it's a natural thing, but like you, you think he's 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 1.5. Yep. UFA <laughs> and you just said, "Hey, Hey, Kemp, you've been great, but I ain't paying you past 1.5. That's what you just said. I did say that. And he's like, well, screw like you that. there, Justin Bourne. <laughs> Derek I said I'm Bay, not paying him 3.5. I'm, I'm, I'm up in this summer. I'm going to have three or four teams, and I want to go to I want to go to Yarncroc. Has oh, he got, God. Has he got At least. everything in his bag to say, if Yarncroc can get two times four, I can't? I'm no. a centerman. I'm more valuable. He just turned to no, he's 27 years old. He's 6'2 and made of steel. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen him shirtless, but he has 28 abs. He is a defensive specialist. He scored 11 times last year. He's a consistent performer. You can't tell me he's, he's not getting, getting more two, than yarn crock. 2'2, two, 2'4. Two, 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 yeah, for years, like four years. So um, love him at 1'5. Derek just asked me, how much cap space does Edmonton have? Oh God! You gonna go be an oiler now? Like every other good leaf? Yeah, they're they're just looking for him. They can't wait. Yeah, just a pipeline. Yeah, leaves are the age. So just five point five. Everyone just gets it. <laughs> Not to get ahead of ourselves, but they gotta win this year. The Oilers. Yeah. No, the on. Leafs. Oh, the Leafs. I've heard of them. Oh, yeah, it's a good point. Like when Lord Stanley's mug, yeah. or around. Who else is walking out the door at the end of the year? A lot of. A lot of men. Camp. Uh, yeah. Bunting. Right now you got Bunting, Kerfoot, Engel, Camp, Camp Bunting, Aston Reese, Hall, Ben, all UFAs. All looking for cha-ching, cha-ching. Can, Alex can I, Kerfoot, what's he going to get? Can I say that I wouldn't mind three that and massive and reset? Again, that's what he makes now. That massive reset to me. Like, you listed three guys that I'm sick of watching play hockey. Like, if I never have to watch Pierre Engel play hockey again, I'll be a happy man. God, wouldn't that? Yeah. I, I, it's like, I will not miss him for one He second. looked awfully good circling the pile with the puck. Hey, oh. he, he may be that guy that we hear is traded in a couple of weeks or a month from now or He's before the trade so deadline. so frustrating. Here's why I believe that that could be true, Kipper. Yeah. They know him, and they know he's never going to be different than the guy yes, he is. Yes, correct. He's can, not can going to... get someone to bite on Angval? He's not going to be Mr. Consistency, Mr. Passion. He's going to be... Angval. Angval. What you see the, is what you have And the got. one thing that Kyle... Um, works out. The one <laughs> thing that right. Kyle has to do is find this team another Labushkin. That's his mission right now. You got homework tonight. He, he's, got, he's had homework now for the last little while. He needs another Labushkin. Can I say? Can I say that I did some scouting of my my own last night? I watched a lot of the Ducks and Detroit Red Wings after the Leafs game last night. When and who did you like to do that? I just I was feel like, felt like watching hockey. Had okay. it on. Yeah. And who'd you like? Boys, Klingberg's pretty good. Klingberg's having a bad year. He just is big. By the way, can I just right? say the dumbest thing that we have made a, a thing is bet on yourself? Sometimes take the safe millions. Take lots of money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he was offered, but sure he could have made but $30 million this offseason. You just notice him a lot. Say we're doing okay. Uh, Next time's five? 
Five times six? I don't think he I don't think he got to six million a year. Okay, well I don't think someone would have given him five 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 by five for uh, sure. Yeah, I don't know that, but uh there's a there's a very good reason he did not get anywhere near the money that he thought well, he was going to get. Now he's bet on himself, and what does he have, four points? I don't know, he's got eight you know, points in 16 games. Eight points in 16 games on a terrible team. Shoots right. <laughs> Shoots right. Big guy, 6'3". He's moving the puck around. He was skating well. Like, boy, I don't know. Just in a, in a different... He, he obviously was yeah. him or hey, Heiskanen hey. who's fighting all playoffs? He, he, he thinks he's a 7 or $8 million defenseman. Well, he does because he bet on himself to get it. Well, he's going he to get it. Yeah, but why did he go to such a crappy team then? Because he makes bad decisions. And, shouldn't and now he's not, when, when you're at seven, is that what they gave him? Yeah. Eight, I think. Is it seven? Oh, I think it was seven and a half, maybe. I'll look it up right now. Oh, he got a nice one-year deal. In uh, quick glance, yeah, seven. Seven. He will He will be a dead deadline deal. No 100%. question. 100%. Unless someone's willing to overpay between now and, uh, and the March trade deadline. But... Does he that, help the that's, Leafs? Let's bring in, in yes. uh, a first rounder and a prospect, one hundred percent. You and would you do that? You put you put him on the power play at least. Maybe you're. Listen, you know, if you look at the right-handed shot guys on this team, it's Hall, it's Lilligren. That end list. Yeah. Oh, Justin I, I, Hall. Uh, yeah. Sorry. If I had nothing else, I yeah, I'd kind of want to see him play better for sure. But. Yes, you ask me. Yeah, if if that's first rounder and a prospects, then uh, uh, a first rounder, Nick Robertson, done deal. Done deal. Done deal. In a heartbeat. Wow. But here's the thing. I'm the, the worst. I'm the, Twenty. I'm the worst scared yeah. of all time. <laughs> and I don't know. That may, that may not be enough. If he's starting to play well, and there's a bidding war on a right-handed D. Do you know how much at a premium? Fans would hate watching him play? You think? Uh, I'm a Leaf who? fan. I enjoyed it last night. Klingberg. Yeah. You don't like him? I I don't know enough about him. I you know I I've watched him play enough to know that he's a skilled guy. Um, but I I just feel like he's another guy whose focus is offense that would frustrate people. They love the butchers here. Yeah, but you got one. Who? Jamie Ben. It's your butcher. Yeah, for sure he's a butcher. Well, he's a butcher. Yeah, he's and when butcher. and when T.J. Brody gets back, he's not playing on the top pair. He goes down the lineup a little bit, and you have John Klingberg on the second pair, and you're. Looking a lot better on D. I don't know. You're I'm not just, wrong. No, I, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm intrigued. Better with Klingberg. I'm, I'm just intrigued there's an acquisition by cost there for sure. That's that's good. Uh, good two cents there. What do you guys make of uh, all the Eric Carlson talk now and Mike Greer? Just did you read the article? The stuff he was talking. about? Yeah, Greer? I couldn't believe oh it. Oh my god, this guy is. He's, like, yeah, we'll listen on him, but got, you know, it's up to him if he wants to go got, or not. He's got Eric Carlson with one foot out the door. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Carlson's at home cutting cucumbers for the salad. Hey, He's staring, I'm hey, sorry. What? Hey, staring at the horizon. Yeah, uh, looking at the, the beach. ocean. <laughs> hey. He's making and eleven like, sheets. Edmonton's picking up the phone. Eleven and a half. Eleven and I half, think. and he's got yeah, kids. Like they're in school, and he's like, "I'm sorry, did the GM just push me out of?" He doesn't want to go. He's got his. He's got roots. Sharks have won three in a row. Okay. Maybe they're getting hot now. <laughs> Is anyone? I got questions. Is anyone? Taking that contract, I think he's got four years left. I, uh, we have a Toronto Maple Leaf show. I can't think of a player the Leafs need less than Eric Carlson. If I'm not mistaken, he's got a big nut. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Who said that? <laughs> it was you. What's that drop? When was that about? When did I ever say that? It was about his contract. I was talking about Casper, uh, Kasperi Kapanen's uh, three million uh, big nut hit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't paste things together? That's a thing now, you know. Kipper, with you, I do not need to. <laughs> Can I hear that one more time? If I'm not mistaken, he's got a big nut. <laughs> <laughs> Just one, though, to be specific. <laughs> oh, not all nuts are equal. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. Great job. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. Uh, 11 and a half sheets over four more years. For a guy who right? doesn't defend and there's no interest in defending. Do you think, though, he, he, he wouldn't help the Leafs? Are you kidding me? I mean, over who? Like Lilligren? Sure. Sammy, you, you, you couldn't envision that guy coming up the ice with Matthews and Marner. and I could envision it big time. I really could. But I, I also am worried at buying a guy with that much money left on his contract and having to eat money and having to pay for it at the absolute peak of his value. I can't he hasn't played this well since he was in Ottawa. Like, I can't believe is, we're even having this conversation. To me, if Sam and I brought this up, you would yell at us on no, the air. No, I would not. You would too. I'm just, <laughs> I, I can't envision. I can't even see Mike Greer going up to his owner and saying, "Listen, I can get rid of this guy, but he, uh, I need uh, twenty-five million out of you to for him to go play somewhere else." <laughs> well, as in like retain. Yeah, retain yeah. salary. Yeah. Like, how's that going over with your owner? I'm. Uh, I. You're telling me I could keep him at 50 or I can get rid of him and watch and him 25. Watch him on another team, yeah. but it'll still cost me $25 million? Hey, Mikhail, I need to sell some tickets here. Hey, this guy, he's well, at least a, entertaining. A season ticket holder, a skybox, yeah. uh, popcorn. Well, at least you can sell Eric Carlson. I feel like he must have had that conversation before he talked to that me- the media. He did look super fast against the Leafs, though. <laughs> Who did? Who's chasing Carlson. him on a breakaway? Oh my God, he's flying! Remember yeah. Tavares trying to catch him? Yeah, but it's like that's not happening. I, I like I said, I haven't watched a lot of Sharks game, but I watched him against the Leafs, and that's the best he's looked since I saw him in Ottawa a lot. Don't you think? Like he's yeah. Now is the he is undeniably from bo- the best he's looked in years from both sides of this. You don't want to buy high, but you don't want him to. You want to sell high. Like so, you got to be careful here if you're trying to make a trade from if you're a team. Right now is the best he's looked, like I said, in forever. You want to be careful. Don't just you injuries. Just don't do yeah. You just don't scary do it. guy. No, it doesn't help anyone who's a contender. If you ask me. All right. What else do we have? We got, uh, we got a good towards clip. Oh, we got a. Um, we're we're finishing the day on a great Kippers Clipper here with John. Brought to you by Great Clips. Tortorella. Torch, you guys give up the first goal. Just just thoughts on your team's start here so far in the first 15-plus minutes. We suck. We haven't forechecked. <laughs> we haven't done anything as of right now. What do you want to see differently? Forecheck. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We suck. We, Aren't you the we coach? We suck. We suck. We're no good. We suck. We haven't forechecked. It's we not- haven't done anything. We haven't forechecked. We haven't done anything. Imagine if our if boss telling, said that about our if show. he's saying that... To like millions of people watching, can you imagine what he's saying in the dressing room? Oh, we're gonna get the out of here then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much that. He's saying that to I players. Guess, yeah. guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. <laughs> Gotta think the the room would be empty. Yeah, if he said yeah. If he said that, uh, it'd be like he'd have no players. 
it's it's got to be so hard. Like John Tortorella is trying to coach the Philadelphia Flyers to win the Stanley Cup. He doesn't coach any other way. But it has to be so hard on the players when a guy leans on you like you're a cup contender when you just don't have the horses. Like we're trying our best, John. We can't be other people. Yeah. That's just who the Flyers are. It's a weird In coach. In all year, you have a guy come in and say, you know, it's Cliff Fletcher trying to save his job, yeah. if you ask me. Well, Squeeze there's, a, there's that window team. where uh, Tortorella in Philly, and I'll even put Daryl Sutter in Calgary, where, and I think you mentioned to me that uh, maybe Jonathan Huberto didn't really like his comments on a, a going public with uh, the bathroom break right, and, and all of that. But also, like, when you're a player and you know that your coach isn't going anywhere, mm-hmm. um, they tend to try to, squeeze even that much more out of you mm-hmm. you know that uh, they they will say things and they will push you a lot harder than say even a sheldon sheldon's but in a different spot right now that leverage doesn't have that because there might be a few people in the room that not just sheldon but anybody in that situation where it's like yeah a couple more wins and we might get rid of them yeah it changes the dynamic of, sure. of a room when you know a coach maybe on a on a hot seat yeah. or or when he's got um, more pull than almost anybody in the room. Well, it is different. You think about, you know, when Jeremy Colleton was in Chicago with, with you know, those guys who were in charge and Keith with this group and, you know, some of these guys that don't have that sort of leverage, it's tough to lean on them in a meaningful way that actually makes them feel like I'm the next one to go. Between him and me, I need to step up or I'm out of here. There's definitely some teams where the player is like, you push me if you want, but I can tell you if I don't react, which one of us is going to pay the price here. So, yeah, it does create some different dynamics. Also helps that Tortorella couldn't care less if he got fired, right? Luke Richardson doing a good job in Chicago too. Yeah. Seems to have a a better grasp of that room than Jerry Colleton. One thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins and, you know, the thought for me was like, what do they do? Brian Burke, the president of the team, you know, people talk about it because it's Brian Burke, but this role of president seems to have evolved to me. President meant you oversaw season tickets and suites and the business and all that. No, Doug McClain nailed this thing. It's a fake general manager's job. Well, see, this is it. So in Montreal, you have... Um, Gorton gets hired, and then they're yeah. like, ah, Kent Hughes speaks French. He's the GM. But it feels like Gorton's the guy. No. And in Vancouver, Rutherford. No, no okay, I, I have that I, wrong? I, I disagree with that one. Okay, but yeah. Gorton still has a lot to do with the hockey. Oh, no, side. 100%. McPhee in Vegas. But, but. Is he the president? Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's I will right. say that. Uh, Rutherford and Alvin. Kent, Kent Hughes is, he's making the phone calls. Yeah. And I, I, I do believe that. He's, he's, he is more of a general manager than, say, uh, Patrick uh, Alvin. It just feels like presidents yeah. now are having they they're we're talking about them like they're GMs, which is is funny here in Toronto because Brendan Shanahan is the president, but we don't ever associate him or very little with Kyle's day to day Kyle's day to day operations, right? And it, it's yeah. just to me, it's an evolving role in the NHL yeah. where it's almost like a GM and a super GM rather than a GM yeah. and a guy and, who deals and, with business. And in the last. Two, three weeks, Jim Rutherford has acted exactly like a general manager sure. and not a president, which really, I think, uh, 
you know, puts uh, his general manager's current one and Patrick uh, in a in a very tough spot. And then everybody underneath them as well. Is minimized. Minimized. Yeah, it's like, you know, that guy's making the calls. And that's why when Penguins are struggling and you run into people around here, we all know Brian, yeah. be like, ah, you know, what about Berkey and the Penguins? It's like, well, he's the president. Like the GM, Ron Hextall, yeah. is the one who should have to have that concern. But it does feel like now there is some Yeah, weight. I haven't been following enough of Pittsburgh and Berkey Berkey's uh, situation, but I will say this, that uh, uh, they've had a new ownership group come in. It's so the Fenway group, right? Fenway group has come in. So uh, Brian had already been there and Ron had already been established. They they would they would now be looking, you know, to getting to know how the, the group dynamic works. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure well, they'll reassess it to say hey it works or it doesn't work and it's not like they've been there long they deserve more time than this but i i just when it comes to who assi- you assign credit and blame it's be- become murky to me all right our thanks to mike mckenna from daily Faceoff. terrific uh job breaking down uh, the goaltenders especially our our hot conversation of matt murray here in toronto mm-hmm. jim ralph terrific job as well what's up tonight uh, no hockey match for the Leafs, so I don't know. Free night. Maybe I'll read a book. Nice. Okay. Catch up on White Lotus. <laughs> We're back tomorrow. The tee up New Jersey Devils and the Leafs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Give us a rating and review. If you can get a chance, thumbs up on YouTube. Love having you being a part of it.